Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hey, everyone. This is Tom Salemi. Welcome back to the OIS Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Please have our guest today, Dr. Francesca Cudero. She is the chair of ophthalmology at Imperial College in London. She's also a professor of glaucoma and retinal neurodegeneration. And at OIS at ASRS in Boston, she gave a presentation about, uh, as part of our, our imaging section on the agenda, and you can check it out at uh, ois.net. But uh, she had a, a fascinating new way of detecting cell death in uh, retinal cells. And this would be a great way of not only detecting diseases earlier, a lot earlier, by the years, many years earlier than we're currently doing, but also of designing better clinical trials and running better clinical trials, which could get new drugs to the market much more quickly and much less expensively. So the dark system is uh, is a fascinating piece of technology. I talked to Dr. Cadero about it. We'll run the interview I did. We'll take a break, and then uh, I'll run the audio from her presentation at OIS at ASRS. We'll also include the video presentation of her presentation or the video format of her presentation. You can watch that. It'll be on the email, or you can go to OIS.net and uh, find the video there. Just search for uh, Dr. Cadero's name, and you'll find it. So let's get into this conversation with Dr. Francesca Cadero of Imperial College in London. Tom Salemi at OIS at ASRS. I'm happy to be joined by Francesca Cordero. She is a professor at the Imperial College and UCL. And you gave a presentation this morning about a really exciting new biomarker that could help refine clinical trials for glaucoma and other ophthalmic diseases. Could you uh, bring us up to speed for those who weren't able to attend the session this morning? Yes, of course. So the technology is called DARK, which stands for the detection of apoptosing retinal cells. And really, it is a way of making use of the transparent nature of the eye to pick up a cell signal. So you can tell sick cells as well as those cells that are, are going to die. So it's an indicator of disease activity. Being a glaucoma specialist, the first disease we, we thought of was uh, using it in glaucoma and indeed our phase one trial which finished uh, over a year ago and has been published looked at uh, whether there was a difference in signal between patients with glaucoma and healthy volunteers and, and there was there was over um, 2.84 times more dead cells or, or fluorescent cells in their patients with glaucoma compared to the healthy controls so that was very encouraging bearing in mind we'd used um, four different doses of this intravenously administered uh, fluorescent agent. So what does that mean for the understanding of, of glaucoma? What does that tell you? Well, we know that if you use the current gold standard, which is visual field, we know that if you're using that to identify and diagnose your patients, often um, you need to have lost between 30 and 50% of your retinal ganglion cells before that field defect is detected. And that's a 10-year delay in diagnosis. And in any of these diseases, that's exactly the same thing. We think apoptosis heralds disease activity, as well as showing you whether or not your treatment might be worth in, in, in a very early fashion. So um, all our experimental data has shown that this is very true, that you can detect these changes very early as well as use it as a way of, of assessing whether your treatment is working or not. 
Interesting. So how will this, how would you, how would you like to see this applied? What is the, the possible uses of it? Well, so the phase two, which finished uh, end of June, was in addition to glaucoma and, uh, and controls, we also looked at patients with macular degeneration. Uh, we looked at patients with optic neuritis, stroke, um, you know, multiple sclerosis type demyelination. And we also used as a model of Alzheimer's disease um, a group of patients with Down syndrome because we know that Down's patients over the age of 40 all have beta amyloid plaques in their brain. So uh, we believe that this could be applied to a lot more diseases. These were proof-of-concept studies, but the immediate um, use probably, the application, will be to look at treatment efficacy because there is very good evidence that the amount of label cells goes down if your treatment is successful or not experimentally. So what is the next step? What are you trying to do? So, um, currently, uh, we're in the midst of working out whether UCL is going to be setting up a spin-out company or or, or not. Um, The idea would be really to uh, take it from there because we obviously... Uh, are very keen to collaborate with people who who need um, a surrogate biomarker for assessing their treatments. But at the same time, we would like to do a pivotal trial to show whether or not this really can be applied uh, to populations of of patients with with diseases. And we very much hope in, in the future, and we've already got IP Uh, in this area that there is a topical version because currently you give the um, fluorescent agent intravenously but a topical version will make this much more accessible to a general public and to a neurologist or whatever to work out whether their patient is benefiting from disease or whether in fact they have disease or not. So does that come through investment or are you looking for investors? Uh, yes, I'm very bad at saying this. <laughs> yes. Don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. So um, we will be looking for investors at the moment uh, because we haven't decided, UCL haven't decided the format the company will take. It's a little bit early for me to say exactly how much, but we do know that there is a lot of interest in trying to reduce the length of clinical trials, so from people who have pipeline drugs, as well as for people who realise that if you want to um, deal with a disease effectively to reduce the socio-economic burden, you need to identify disease much earlier. So we're talking about eventually screening and, and diagnostics. That's exciting. So is this, this is a new process for you, reaching out for, for capital. How, how it has is. it gone so far? Um, I, uh, I don't know. How is it going? <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. Great. Well, we're glad you could tell your story here at OIS. I'm sure it's reached many, many years, and I uh, look forward to following your story in the future. Thank you very much. Great. Well, that concludes our interview portion of the podcast. Now, as promised, we'll run the audio from Dr. Cadero's presentation at OIS at ASRS. So, again, you can find the video of this on the uh, OIS weekly email that we sent to your inbox. If you, haven't subscribed, if you have not subscribed to that yet, feel free to do so. It would be a great help, and you'll get great podcasts and videos sent directly to your inbox. You can also go to ois.net and find the video there. So now let's run the presentation that Dr. Cordero made at OIS at ASRS. I want to talk about a new technology we've been developing in London, which uh, could be a new retinal biomarker of particular uses in retinal diseases and new drugs. 
So when you're talking about retinal neurodegeneration, one of the things that is very difficult is its late identification. And that's terribly well illustrated in glaucoma, which is a retinal disease, um, where a defect in a visual field, which is the gold standard, is only picked up after about 30 to 50% of your retinal ganglion cells have died, and that's like a 10-year delay. The science behind our technology is that in early apoptosis, you have translocation of phosphatidylserine from the inside of a cell membrane to the outside, and we have fluorescently labeled annexin 5 so that it binds to the exposed phosphatidylserine And because the eye is transparent, by looking through the cornea into the retina, you can pick up fluorescence directly so you can visualize single cells that are apoptosing. And this was uh, the basis of our first paper, which was a while ago in 2004. But it led to the DARK project. And this in itself is a unique thing because it is a collaboration between uh, University College London and Imperial College London. And it's been funded through the Wellcome Trust Now, we have already uh, gone through to phase two. In fact, we've completed that uh, phase 2B. We received £4 million from the Wellcome Trust to do so. And um, I want to just share with you some of these results. So this is the the phase one, the clinical trial of DARC. It is an intravenously administered uh, marker. And so first, our, uh, what we wanted to do was assess the safety and tolerability. But in addition, we were able to compare whether there was a different signal between patients who were healthy and normal controls and those that had progressing glaucoma. So in the end, we did 16 subjects, eight with early glaucoma, eight normal health controls, and we did ascending doses in a store design. And we looked at safety and pharmacokinetic results, but also were able to follow these patients up with retinal imaging for up to six hours. So it's a very simple procedure, a little bit like an ICGA or a fluorescein angiogram. Here you can see an injection into a patient, and at the same time we're simultaneously uh, acquiring real-time images. This is with the uh, HRA of the uh, Spectralis from Heidelberg. And you can pick up the appearance of these individual white spots on the retina as they come. So here, if you watch very closely... Um, On your left, you will see the raw image, and you will see the timeline, and you will see these white spots appearing. So the spots develop over a period of one hour, two hours, four hours, and six hours. Now, this individual white spot is a single retinal cell undergoing apoptosis, and it was the first time that individual nerve cell apoptosis had been visualized anywhere in the human body um, in vivo. So obviously we've been very excited. This is a, a glaucoma patient. What was very interesting also is when we then went on uh, to look at the analysis of glaucoma compared to healthy controls, And remembering we had four different doses, and each of these doses, there was an increased number of apoptosing cells that we could see compared to the healthy controls. But what was further fascinating was that when we went back to look at the progressing glaucoma patients, and we watched them um, 18 months down the line after they had the single dark procedure, we found that those that had a high dark count went on to show signs of rapid progression um, on visual fields and OCT. So it suggested 
that dark could be a very good surrogate of what disease was going to go on to, to do, exactly what we need in, in things like glaucoma, but also others. So in summary, this was the first time individual nerve cell apoptosis has been seen anywhere in humans. There was an increased level of apoptosis we saw in the glaucoma patients compared to the healthy controls. Um, the, the dark current was significantly greater in those patients who then went on to show rapidly progressing disease. Um, and very importantly, this intravenous anexin was found to be safe and well-tolerated. In fact, it's a very short half-life uh, of, of 30 minutes. So obviously we need further studies, um, and clinical trials are currently underway. But what we think DARK might do is it might serve this sort of problem that we have, the paradox. So you cannot find new effective therapies without being able to find surrogate markers or, or relevant diagnostics. And this is also in the CNS. So the four diseases that we have looked at in our phase two, which um, was now complete, are we've done some more glaucoma. We've done macular degeneration, in particular dry AMD. Uh, we've used a model of Alzheimer's disease and also optic neuritis and multiple sclerosis. And all of these diseases have the same problem. They are lacking an early diagnostic, and there has therefore been a barrier in developing effective treatments. So with regards to AMD, one of the things that we have been very keen on investigating is if we can pick up photoreceptor apoptosis. I can't give you the results of the phase two trial because it, uh, it, it, they still aren't um, on yet and we're in the analysis phase. But when we had done this experimentally, we were able to pick it up um, in the photoreceptor layers of, of animal models. The other thing that we're very keen on promoting is using the eye as a window onto the brain. So if you compare it to an MRI or a PET scanner, the eye is much more accessible. And this has been put forward in diseases such as MS, in Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Um, and you know, of course, that one of the, the real drawbacks in Alzheimer's has been the lack of biomarkers taking this forward. So our work um, got this headline, uh, very good tabloid paper in, in, um, in the UK. Uh, if you could ignore uh, Beyonce, that would be good. Um, but we've now moved on in our phase two to uh, Down syndrome, which is a very good model of Alzheimer's disease. If over the age of 40, all Down's patients have beta amyloid plaques in the, in the brain. So I'll leave you with the last slide, which is really, I've said that DARK stands for the detection of apoptosing retinal cells, but actually another way of looking at it is it can be used for diagnosis, assessment of disease progression, uh, looking at the response of treatment, which we think is the more reachable and easily accessible uh, parameter at the moment, uh, thereby reducing clinical trial length. Thank you. All right, that is a wrap. Thank you, Dr. Francesca Cadero, for joining me on the OIS podcast and for participating in OIS and ASRS, the fascinating presentation. I hope our OIS podcast listeners got a chance to watch the video as well or will do so after this podcast. It's, uh, it's very interesting and definitely worth your time. Do us a few favors, if you would, OIS podcast listeners. Give us a ranking in iTunes. That's always great. Shoot me an email, tom at healthogy.com. It's the word health, followed by the letters E-G-Y dot com. Healthogy is the fine producer of the OIS events and this OIS podcast. Also, tell your friends about the OIS podcast. The more people listening, the better. And uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter at MedTechTom. Would love to, uh, to connect with you there. 
tweeting about ophthalmology, med tech, and other things all day long. And finally, don't forget to join us at our upcoming OIS, OIS at AAO. It's happening on November 9th in New Orleans. Go to OIS.net to register, and we will see you in New Orleans.